Amen, amen. I tell you, what an inspiration. Uh, as the choir sang uh, in the spirit, I tell you, there's no better singing anywhere in the world that's when God's people comes together and proclaim his name uh, in a song. Uh, the song will, will touch hearts and it will bless you and all those things that we have. I'm glad this morning that God is alive and God is well. Amen. We have that opportunity to know. And if you're here uh, this morning and you do not know that uh, Jesus uh, is your Savior, that He came and died for you, there's no better day than today for Him to wash you and make you clean uh, in His blood. And only He has the power uh, to save. He has the power uh, to heal. God loved His people. The reason why that Jesus died on the cross. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Not, not to have gatherings or to have uh, these things that we call human things, but it came that you and I may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. And the success of life depends on how that you love Jesus, how that you worship Jesus, how that He becomes your personal Savior. If you have your Bibles, right, briefly turn to Second uh, Kings chapter 5. I want to give you three things this morning. I want to uh, talk about the cleansing, uh, the crossing, and the change. We find here in the Scripture in the Old Testament uh, about uh, uh, Naaman, uh, the captain of the Syrian army, in command, no greater man. If you begin to read the Scripture, uh, if, you, if you can, would you stand for the reverence of God's words? If you can't, I'll be fine where you are. Thus saith the word of God. Amen. I'll find it there in a minute. Thus saith the word of God. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with master and honorable. Because of him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel. A little maid, and uh, she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her, Mistress, would God my Lord were with thee the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him uh, from the leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus this said the maid, that this is the land of Israel. Our Father, we thank you again for this day. God, we thank you for our teachers. God, we thank you for uh, God the choir. God, we thank you, Lord, as we come together at this time to hear your word, that we may be fed from the table of grace. Yes. God, we pray for the lost. God, that closest to eternity. God, we pray for the sick. We pray for the objects of prayer. 
God, we just thank you so much for loving us. Hide us behind the cross. Declare your word through your son Jesus. God, and we give you glory, honor, and praise. And all of God's children said, Amen. You, you may be seated. We read to you a, a scripture uh, in the Old Testament concerning uh, a Syrian captain and his name uh, was Naaman. He had leprosy. Now this is one of the things, it's, it's like uh, somewhat like our modern day cancer. It eats on the inside uh, uh, there, then it comes to the outside, and then literally the flesh will fall off the bone. It was uh, so contagious and dangerous, it didn't matter what that your uh, status in social life was. If you had leprosy, you was banned from your family, you was banned from the city into a place, a colony that was called the colony of leprosy. It was a, a dreadful disease uh, in that day and time. Uh, so we know that uh, Jordan was a city uh, out there in the valley. And, and it meant a city uh, of thirst. Uh, we find in the Old Testament where that was written that uh, they crossed over uh, Jordan led by Joshua putting 12 stones uh, in the river of Jordan for remembrance of We remember lots of things uh, about the river. New Testament is where that John was baptizing when uh, there he baptized Jesus, the Son of God. So we find here uh, in the Scripture, uh, there was a little place uh, uh, there in Syria uh, to where that they uh, were uh, at odds uh, uh, with Israel. And they went out by companies. They went out up there to in, just across the border of Syria out uh, to Israel. Uh, uh, they captured uh, uh, some folks from Israel and they became slaves. Uh, and here is a, uh, a little girl uh, uh, there that's a maid to Naaman's wife. Uh, and she tells her that there is a prophet uh, of the Almighty God uh, of Israel that had power uh, to change life. And let me say, there's wonder working power uh, in the blood of Jesus. Neither other is able to save, but there has to be a cleansing uh, from the inside uh, to the out. It's not what's on the outside that defiles a man or a woman, but it's what's on the inside uh, there that cometh out. Uh, so we know that God uh, is good. Uh, God is gracious uh, uh, in uh, this uh, city. Uh, uh, so he went back uh, and told uh, uh, the king of Syria that there was a man down in Samaria, a uh, buyer of Israel, had the power uh, to change life. Uh, God has the power to change life. He, he can change it uh, if you will let him. Uh, that is his desire uh, to seek and to save that which was lost and that none uh, should perish. If you go to hell uh, today, uh, anybody that goes to hell, they go as an intruder. They're not wanted. Uh, uh, God said that it was his will uh, for him to save uh, that whosoever will. I'm glad today 
that I'm a whosoever will. Uh, they know that those things, uh, uh, there's no way uh, uh, that I can, uh, I can take a bath uh, three or four times a day, all day long. I can change clothes. I may look clean on the uh, outside, uh, but there has to be a cleansing uh, of the soul uh, uh, that God made everlasting uh, uh, to the heart uh, of the chain. For flesh and blood cannot get into the kingdom of God. Uh, it's by the Spirit of Jesus. Uh, and today is the day of a saving time. Now, if you know your prophecy and read in your book, uh, when the Congress remains in the United States... Uh, I'm not a politician. I'm just a preacher. Up there, if you go back 700 years to Micah, you'll foretaste of this prophecy that's coming about on the 17th of September when Congress resigned. It's going to cost America $316 billion to afford uh, to come through with this nuclear deal uh, up there in Iraq, uh, up there, and then they're going to turn on us. Uh, and the prophecy said, we uh, funded this, we give them the money, they're going to uh, turn on us and turn on Israel. And Amos said, beware, behold, when the nations all turn against Israel uh, up there, the last day is coming. And I believe that we're living a Saturday evening uh, in the time of the word that we come. So you pray that this deal does not go through on uh, September the 17th. Up there, if you do, woe unto America uh, when we turn against Israel. Uh, uh, we find that this is an option. And we, we find that uh, they sent the letter. And the king... Uh, I read the letter of Israel, Hezekiah, read the letter, and he said, uh, Am I God? Can I heal this man of leprosy? And the Bible said that he rented his coat. Here's a man of honor and valor that's bringing an army with him uh, uh, coming into Israel. Uh, we do not know what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, Elisha uh, got word of this, uh, and he told the king, Fear not. God's going to take care of this. Just send him over to me. Uh, so the Bible said that he rode up uh, up there with chariots and, and horsemen uh, uh, to the place of where the Elisha uh, was a living. Uh, and Elisha said, how about you going uh, down there uh, and out uh, there on the porch uh, and tell uh, the man uh, that's from Syria uh, we find up uh, there, uh, tell him, the gold dipped seven times in the river of Jordan. What well, opportunity! And uh, he he got his feelings hurt. Uh, here, this man didn't even come out and speak to him. He didn't even know what he looked like. All that he know. What about this man with all his dignity and a prophet of God can't even out, come out and speak to me or lay his hands on me or do something? God works in mysterious ways. God loves His way. The psalmist David said, God's thoughts are not yours, and His ways are not yours. His ways and thoughts are better than us. Uh, we know uh, those things that could be done. Uh, and he said, uh, and he got on his chair and turned around and rode off 
from Elisha's house. That's the way a lot of time that we do. If God is not convenient, if God doesn't do what we want to, we try to make deals with God. If you do, I'll do this if you'll do this for me. We, we try uh, to know uh, more than God that knows. I can't see past the door, but God can see the whole world at one time. Matter of fact, it says He can measure the water in this world in the hollow of His hand. That's how great God is. I can't even measure what's coming out of the sink for that in a glass or cup. We're weak. God made the universe. He made everything for a purpose. And when He left and He said, Hey, down in Damascus, we've got a clean river, a banner. And over on the other side of Damascus, we got a, a clean river. I'm not going to be baptized in that nasty Jordan River. And sometimes we have to wallow in the hog pen before we can get clean. Sometimes we have to be at the bottom of the barrel before we can see the top. Sometimes we have to be in tragedy or position to where that God gets our attention. And let me assure you, God will get your attention. What a, what a wonderful God that we are. I wasn't looking for God when He found me. But He was searching. And He was looking to whosoever we To His children. Not to the Jew, but to the Gentile. The outcast. Not God's first choice of people. I always like, I remember when I was going to school. This, this is kind of funny. Some of you may not believe this. I excelled pretty good in sports uh, through high school and all four of them. But when I was in graded school, we had one old ball, one glove, and one bat, and it was in a screen sack at corn coming. Can any of you remember that? We carried it out to the playground, and we'd get there, and the teacher, they, they would look around and see somebody, and uh, they knew them. And boy, boy, that, that boy, he's a good ball player. And that girl is a good ball player. So they said, you two be the captains and choose your team. When I was nine years old, I played Little League, and I went home a-crying because I was cut. I wasn't good enough to make the team. I cried for a long time about that. Then the captain would say, that's you, the people. They'd come down to me. I'd be the Lyston. You know how that is. If you've ever chose, I was the Lyston. And one of the captains of the team would say to the other, you take it. And then said, no, said, you take him. He's a sure out. He can't catch and he, he can't bat. So nobody wanted me. I'm so glad that God, through his son Jesus, wanted me. I went on to be. After that year, I went home. I practiced. I played ball. I went to all these things. I held the faces in, in track. A 440-yard day. I played on two state 
champion football team. I played on baseball teams that represented the state of North Carolina as champion. I could play anywhere you put me from catching to pitching in and out. And it was because that I had a desire that I was going to beat that. And by the help of God, I did beat that. What an opportunity. See, God's got a will. God's got a purpose for you. And one of the, 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 the men in the service said, Hey, Naaman, you're a man of valor. If they told you you and two other men to go over and take that mountain, you'd just go without any questions. Asked. Probably lose your life, but you'd just go. If it's something hard, something to defeat, something you can do, you wouldn't have hesitated. It's something simple. Go down and wash. Dip yourself seven times in the river of Jordan. He thought about it. So he turned around and went back. He went down to the river of Jordan and there. He dipped seven times in the river of Jordan and the seventh time that he dipped, his flesh came out white as snow. See, he had been washed by God. He had been in the presence of God. I like to be in the presence of God. He said He calls us to be seated together in heavenly places. I like to get in a good meeting. I like to hear the Word of God. I like to hear good singing. I like to fellowship. And evidently, you do too. Because I feel sorry for you. This is the second time in one month you've had enough nerve to ask me about. What opportunity, you know, to live and to know that fact that God is alive. And through His Son Jesus, He's still in the saving business. But sometimes, He's going to go back. But first, there has to be a cleansing. You've got to get cleaned up. God will clean you up. He'll change the way that you're walking. He'll, he'll change the way that you're talking. He'll change all the things about you. You'll be near. Behold, all things will become new, Paul tells you. There has to be a cleansing. Then we talk just a little bit about the crossing of Jordan. And a lot of things went on in the river of Jordan. The second king tells of a man called Elijah that left Gilgad, which is a city representing a city of multiplied many transgressions, a city of sin. They left that city and went to the city of Bethel, which is translated as the house of God or the house of bread. Then they went on down to Jericho, and in Jericho means a desert, a dry place, and these dry places all in our life, and each time Elijah told Elisha, you tarry here, I'm going down to that city. Uh, and he said, no, long as I liveth and I have breath, I will go with you. And he went. And the last place they went was Jericho, a city in the valley, a place of thirst where the river of Jordan was. 
And Jordan, when they went there, uh, he took his mantle and parted the water hither and thither and went across on dry land. And Elijah said to Elisha, is there anything that I can do for you before I leave? He said, matter of fact, there is. And there's 50 prophets. You'll read that in the distance, seeing what's going on. We all got people that's bystanders on they don't, they don't want to get involved. They're bystanders. But let me tell you, if you go to heaven, you're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to make a choice. God gives you that choice through his son Jesus. So when he departed, he said, I'd like to have a double portion of what that you well, that's a very hard thing, Elijah said. But he said, when I go up, if the mountain falls, it shall be grand. All of a sudden, on the banks of Jordan, after they parted it with the stick, here come a chariot on fire and a horse on fire that swooped down, and Elijah swooped up, and there God took him on without seeing death. There's prophecy on that, what's going to happen to him in the last days. And as he looked up, there fell the mantle. And he reached and got the mantle and walked over to uh, the place to where that they have the sea uh, by faith. And he took the mantle and parted, and the water went hither and thither. And he walked across on dry ground. You see what I'm saying up there at the cross and before when you get cleansed and before uh, you can get, you've got to cross to the other side. You do not go back and wallow in the hog pens and the sins of this world. You're ambassadors of Christ. You, uh, you represent God in a far country. So we find uh, those things that we see down at Jordan. All of us has to cross Jordan sometime in our life to get to the promised land. Well, what, what happened to the Israelites? They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. The last river they had to cross was Jordan. Coming out of the desert, dry place. There's a place in our life that we find Jordan. There has to be a cross. We are truly saved. There has to be a change. We become new Christians. We become new men and women. We don't do the old things that we did. God has not only changed us, but we've made the cross in the transition to where that we can get to heaven. See, flesh and blood's not going to that new city. So let's talk about the change a little bit. You'll find in Luke chapter 7, you'll find in Matthew also, you'll find also in John, that John the Baptist was down at the, where? Down at the river of Jordan. What was he doing? He was baptizing people there. And then a lot of people came, hey, this is a new fast. I want to be baptized. And they come from all walks of life. But the dignitaries, the men of importance that was supposed to rightly divide the word was the pillars of the community upstanding, demanded John the Baptist baptize them. 
And Luke chapter 7 said that he looked up and said, Old generation, you vipers of men, where is your fruit? Where is your meat? They've been a lot of, of sinners baptized and still come out as sin. You have to have the cleansing and the crossing, then you have to have the change. What an opportunity that God has given to us. We become vipers of men. We've got people saying that they are Christians, but they don't know a thing about Jesus. They say, I love God, but they don't know a thing about Jesus. And Jesus said, you can... You cannot get to heaven except you come by me. If you're going there, you can't make heaven without Jesus. That's you. That's the truth. You've got to help Jesus. You've got to be washed in the blood. There's nothing but the blood can change you. There has to be in our life a cleansing. Wash away my sin. Who can make me whole? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All that place that God has come in. We're going to close on this. Repent for the kingdom of heaven at hand. Naaman got cleansed. He went back to thank the man of God. And if you look at it, there's over $400,000 in sheep and silver, and gold that the king of Assyria sent to Elijah. And ten changes of clothes. I can remember when I only had two changes. One to go to church in, and one to go to school in, and other to work in. We didn't have a choice of deciding what kind of boot or shoes we were going to wear. We only had two of them. My mama said to me years ago, she said, I don't care. Uh, we don't have to wear a suit as long as your blue jeans are starched and armed and are clean. Wear the best you got to church. God gave His best. What an opportunity that God has given to us. The Savior, when you get to heaven, when the when you get to heaven, the Savior will be the leading one. Amen. Glory to God. Heaven is at rest. Really? No. Nothing in that city will be handmade or by man. The only thing there will be the nail prints in Jesus' hand, the crown of thorns in His feet. All other things are of God. There will be nothing there that is man-made. There will be no sickness. There will be no death. And most of all, Satan's going to be left out. No more temptation. What an opportunity that God. The saints will be together. Hey, can you, can you remember getting in a place to where that God, all of God's children, washed in the blood of the Lamb? You talk about fellowship. We'll have some fellowship. Yeah. There won't be no unkind words spoken to 
through the heart. Nobody won't do nothing wrong. Somebody said, you been watching him soap operas? Others said, no. I said, you know what that is, don't you? They said, no. I said, it's a show that somebody done somebody wrong. I said, that's all it is. I want to hear good things. Satan will be left out. Now listen to this. I don't shout much down here. I, I get a little loud sometimes. But shouting will be in order. The Bible said the dead in Christ shall rise for grace going to burst open. Then one thousand a second, twinkling of an eye, you're going to be changed if you're still here. We're going up together to meet him with a shout. And shouting will be in order when we reach some. Now listen, this is a sad part. We're going to close. we come back to this. This is a sad part. The sinners will be missing. Sinners will be missing. They won't be able to end. When the books were open, John said, I saw the books open. Another book was open, which was the book of life. Those no, names not found written in that book of life was cast out into the lake of fire, which is the second day. Is your name recorded in the book of life? By the blood of Jesus. Nobody can race it out. Nobody can take it out. Amen. It's there. For you. Anytime this morning. Satan will be done away. And it won't be short. They're going to put him in the pit for a thousand years. Going to lock him up in chains and bound him. Then he's got one more effort. To run to and fro, up and down this earth, trying to deceive, devour, to destroy, to kill, to take away. That's what he's going to do. That's his job. Not different from Jesus. Jesus loves you. You know, if there's enough of love in your bones, you won't hurt nobody. And a man said not too long ago on the news he lost his home, his wife. He, and this is what I don't understand. He killed his two children. He threw them out of the window. He strangled his wife. Killed three in his family. And he said, I, we didn't have nothing anymore. There was nothing to live for. We... And so I despair in the soul that we may have it. Why didn't he take his own life? Huh? See, Satan warps our minds. Tells us this is the alternative. But God, listen to me, God left a way of escape for the children of God. There's nothing too bad in this life that there's not a way of escape for you. Jesus made that possible. You think about it. Oh, how good. Let us stand. Let's meet by the river. The old river of Jordan. What an opportunity that we have. I like that song the Spencer sang. Hey, Mom, Dad, 
I'll meet you by the river. A pure river. Crystal river. No trash. You can see the bottom of it. The love of that river. The stream flows out from the throne of God. A, a healing stream for God's children. I wouldn't want anybody to miss heaven. If you're here this morning, you've been thinking about it. Or if you haven't, God has touched, God's touching someone this morning. God loves you. But you have that opportunity yourself to say yes or no to God. You may be here this morning and you are a child of God. But you're not in the center of God's will. God can't use you unless you're in the center of His will. You're, not, you're out there knowing God, His Son Jesus, but faith brings us forth works. And without any works, our faith is dead. Jesus loves you. That faith will stretch out. He's got a place called heaven. And you'll have to agree with me this morning that there's got to be a better place to go to. God has given us that place. Hey, this old body's held together by uh, titanium, plexiglass, bolts, and screws. <laughs> Won't be none of that. I'll have a glorified body. We won't have to preach anymore. But we're going to sing the Word of God. A thousand years with one is one day with the Lord. Oh, hey, hey, that's that. There won't even be a tear there. God shall wipe away all tears. And I guess there will be mountains of these old things. We won't need them no more. There won't be no power bill to, to pay. Jesus is the light of that city. There'll be no hospitals in that city. There'll be no lung cancer. There'll be no heart failure. There'll be no kidney failure. For God Himself shall take care of all that through the blood of Jesus. Hey, we're going to a city that my mind and your mind can't comprehend what God is. I wouldn't want you to miss that city. God is giving you an invitation this morning with the, through His Son Jesus and I can't do nothing for you but the blood of Jesus can. Amen. The blood, of, there's nothing but the blood of Jesus. Would you come? We're going to wait just a few minutes. We're going to close. No greater the day is a day of salvation. Now is that acceptable time. Oh, I'm so glad that he loves me. You know, sometimes I'm not lovable. But God's lovable all the time. My wife will tell you, uh, I don't like you right now, but I love you. 
God never says that. It's always with his hands that come to me. You're my child. I'd done a funeral not too long ago, and it was at night. I walked into the church, and I looked for the casket. I couldn't find it. And I asked the funeral director, I said, where is the casket? He said, it's on the altar. It's on the little stand of this remembering me. I walked up to that little casket. And to me, it looked like a picnic basket. They're surrounded in pretty cloth and linen on the inside. I looked inside that casket. There was a baby. That was three months old. Looked like a broad statue. It was so pretty. I said, my, my, how pretty is that little thing? All that I could think of was that God needed somebody to hold and somebody to rock. And that's it. God loves his children. He made way. Would you come? Not shake hands with one another. Be back at six o'clock tonight. We're going to talk about being planted. Your liberty to go.